Purple, buddy. Are you sure you know what you're doing there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is just how I like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. More. Come on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, whatever bakes your beans, I guess. Greetings, friends, and uh, welcome in to this, the 238th edition of Fusebox, submissively titled, The Ties That Bind. And, boy, oh boy, do we have a tale or nine to tell, friends. Uh, but more on that in a bit. I'm your watching all those nasty films so you don't have to host, Mark Rose. And over there, perched in his yellow-green fog, left over from a 1978 Funkadelic show, the Archbishop of Amplitude, Milk canes, everybody. Well, thank you kindly. Well, this is going to be, what, technically the uh, last show of the year, yeah? Yes, sir. Our next one is our annual clip show. Yep. Looking forward to avoiding that one entirely. <laughs> well, it does give us a break, you know, during the uh, holidays, so to speak. Yeah, I'm going to enjoy the avoidance of that crap, too. Tis the season to be jelly, as they say. Sounds like... They have been hitting the eggnog martinis a little early. You know what? I'm really curious about uh, how the retail season will actually shake out this year. Yeah? Yeah, I, I've seen more Black Friday, Cyber Monday mailings probably in the, in the past weeks than I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, a few of them just said, oh, the hell with it. It's Black Friday until the end of the year. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly what it feels like. Uh and seriously, some of these, these, uh, th- these sales really aren't. When it comes to certain types of media, uh, the retailers seem like they're, they just boosted the price pre-sale and then just discounted that price to be pretty much what it was before they jacked it up. Yeah, that's an oldie but a goodie. I guess goodie for them, that is, unless someone does the math. Seriously, I've been to a few sites uh, looking for what portends to be a super amazing, never before seen by humankind sale of the multiverse. And it's horseshit. Same old stuff that we didn't want or even like before, but now with a spiffy new slipcase. Well, you know, I, I think as it, as it comes to that stuff, I think you nailed it when you said it's really designed for the uh, collector market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which proves how gullible some collectors can be. I mean, really? The exact same movie. No additional features. No 111K transfer supervised by the uh, extremely dead cinematographer from beyond the grave. No additional commentary from the one guy who did that thing in the film that made it a, quote, cult classic. (laughs) Getting wound up there, are you? (laughs) Well, I mean... 
Seriously, I, I get the whole fascination with completists and all that. But, but really, sometimes these companies, they just see you coming and roll out the big rubber tongue to lap you all up. You know, my buddies who collect vinyl tell me it, it's the same with this new U.S. trend in records. It's uh, really an old thing started in Japan. You know, they, they put these uh, cardboard sleeves on the sides of the album. I think they're called uh, obies. Obies, huh? Something like that, anyway. And uh, then they shrink wrap or plastic sleeve the whole record. So they have this little extra piece of basically useless packaging jacking up the, quote, value of the disc as long as it's still intact, right? So U.S. record manufacturers have <laughs> started doing that now, too. Uh, hell, even the new Peter Gabriel album has that damn thing on it. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I did uh, remember seeing those on imports back in the day, like <laughs> like in the 70s. Um, but but in Japan, it might have uh, actually had additional information about the release, maybe? Uh, yeah, no, not at all. It's, it's usually the same thing as on the uh, record itself. Well, then it's nice to know the redundant redundancies that are highly repetitive and also redundant. Happen all around the world. Yep. Dumbness knows no boundaries. Why, Mr. Keynes, that was downright profound. Well, I do have my moment. Hmm. When we return, we'll take a look at a uh, story from the Washington Post that uh, <laughs> reveals a side of politics that is uh, rarely revealed. <laughs> Stay with us. Haven't we? And you call this a party? Could be. You like that one, guys? Zombies, yay! <laughs> oh, that's a classic. Zombie Holocaust. Or uh, retitled as Dr. Butcher, M.D., Medical Deviant. Hmm, I think Oh, how did I learn about all this? Well, you know, back in the day, through magazines. Famous Monsters, Castle of Frankenstein, things like that. <laughs> yeah, like the ones I have upstairs. But you know what? There's a new place to go for info about stuff like this and everything else in the Grindhouse world. <laughs> yes, there is, Milo. It's called Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine. And it's jam-packed with articles about these films. You know, the folks who write for GRM. They lived it. And there's a piece in the premiere issue all about early zombie movies without a bite. You should check it out. There's a link in the show description to get your paws on a copy. Greenhouse Resurrection! Yay! <laughs> the show for everybody. But not everybody will like it. TheFuseboxShow.com Alrighty, friends. Now, I gotta say, there are a lot of uh, <laughs> diversions out there for assorted uh, humans to partake in, and uh, some are just downright other, as we say. A shout out here to my buddy Gregory for forwarding this article. Well, he ought to know, being a political media cat and all. Well, he keeps his ear to the ground and his motor running. This article written by Holly Lieberman for the Washington Post is, <laughs> is most interesting. Uh, Mr. Keynes, have you ever heard of a 
political fetish. What, like, uh, a guy who has a thing for inflatable dolls shaped like chief justices of the Supreme Court? That was a rather specific example, Mr. Kink. Well, friend told me about that one. Well, then perhaps your friend would be very interested to know that political fetishism is very much a thing. And uh, according to the article here, a thriving online business as well. Uh, One such uh, (laughs) uh, kink is known as political humiliation. Uh, Quoting from the article here, there are people who get turned on by the idea of having their political views mocked, usually, but not always, by members of the opposing political group. Liberals desire being dominated by conservatives and called pejoratives that imply they are weak and unintelligent, while conservatives want to be mocked for supporting former President Donald Trump, among other perceived transgressions, according to those who participate in this subculture. Oh, you mean Congress. (laughs) Sometimes, yes, Mr. Gaines, especially lately. Well, on one online site called... uh, clips for sale, you can actually purchase either live or pre-recorded for your ongoing enjoyment a video of a uh, man or woman degrading the viewer in uh, assorted ways. Well, as uh, one example cited in the article, um, one member of an online community called FetLife... Oh, that insurance company's got to love this. (laughs) (laughs) True. Imagine how Snoopy feels... Might even have a member or two in this thing, you know? Uh, So a uh, 34-year-old man who lives in Peoria, Arizona, said he, quote, was always drawn to submission and being dominated, being told what to do. The Democrat who works in the auto insurance industry said he discovered political fetishes on a BDSM social media website a couple of years ago. A lot of the content was liberals submitting to conservative Republicans or MAGA or being red-pilled into supporting and worshiping Trump, he said. He got turned on, and it surprised him because, quote, Before the Trump era started, I never once thought about politics as being sexualized, he said. Domination from a political party and an ideology that I can't tolerate made it way more of a turn-on. In particular, he liked the fantasy of a dominant man stealing his wife from him. Although uh, he says he has a number of fetishes, this is the one that he considers the most extreme. Quoting again, I'm very, very, very much a liberal, and if friends and family were to have any clue, they would be shocked, he said, adding that his wife doesn't know about his fetish. Of all of the porn that I partake in, I would be the most ashamed and embarrassed if someone were to find this. (laughs) In uh, one dream scenario, representatives Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert force him to vote straight red Donald Trump. Holy car. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, as it turns out, a lot of folks... Uh, point to this rise of thuggish behavior in the uh, modern GOP since uh, the orange guy's appearance in 2016 that, that, that sort of energized this whole aggressive dominance thing. 
Uh, so one chap, a uh, 33-year-old Virginia-based man who goes by the Right Makes Mites, his uh, FetLife username, said, I think that's really what had been lacking before. If you look back at Jeb Bush, he was kind of weak-kneed, a milk toast. Politics just suddenly got more intense. The difference between Republican and Democrat was no longer the difference between Nixon and Kennedy. It's now night and day in many people's minds. Then the kink follows as being more intense. And it's only going to get more divisive from here, unfortunately, especially with the election year coming up. Yeah, probably has a point there. Yeah, undoubtedly, Mr. Keynes. Uh, in the Kinsey Institute research fellow uh, Justin Laymiller said, as people have become more polarized politically, it's become more of a taboo to date or have sex outside of your political party affiliation. When you've got this kind of growing sense in the public that it's taboo, that can make it all the more enticing. And uh, lastly, according to a 2020 Pew Research Center survey measuring opinions of Americans who are single and looking, most Democrats would not consider dating a Trump voter. Republicans, meanwhile, were split about evenly on whether they would consider being in a committed relationship with a Hillary Clinton voter. Wait, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. Seems there's a bit more forgiveness in the GOP, Mr. Keynes. Oh, that's got to be wrong. Well, from the uh, uh, production side of this stuff, we have a 39-year-old adult video producer who uh, also performs under the name Brandon Ariana, and she specializes in playing a character she calls, you're going to love this one, Ivanka Tramp. <laughs> Sold. <laughs> <laughs> In one Clips for Sale video, she wears a long, silky blonde wig, heels, and a lacy white dress. Quoting here, I was lucky enough to be born a Trump, and every red cent that my family has stolen and has manipulated out of the American people belongs to me. And I will not have it taxed at some unreasonable level to help those less fortunate, she declares. Does that excite you? Thinking about all these underprivileged, undereducated people in need? Suffering further for our benefit, she asks, flipping her wig and uncrossing her legs. Uh, is she hot? <laughs> I don't really know, Mr. Keynes. There's uh, no picture in this version of the article. Pity that. Well, but you, you might be interested to know that uh, Ms. Ariana charges 23 cents a minute for her video services. Yeah, most of her clients probably wouldn't make it through the first 23 seconds anyway, if, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I think we get the drift, Mr. Gates. Uh, but here's something to consider, too. Unlike in the uh, fetish world, where uh, most Biden and Trump supporters have very few friends who uh, vote for the opposing candidate. Uh, in the fetish world, political opposites mingle. And, and if you're into political fetishes, you may become, ironically, more open-minded to the opposing side's views, according to uh, our buddy here, Right Makes Mites. He says, if you're going to effectively dominate them, you have to know kind of why they hate you. So if you're sitting there thinking, oh, 
Trump has the answers on everything. How could anyone possibly think otherwise? Well, you're not going to be a very good dom of a liberal, he said. Yeah, words to live by, I suppose. Especially because that orange-headed con man will most certainly be leading the way through the prison bars. So, very interesting subculture study there by the Washington Post. And uh, (laughs) I have to say, yep, this was news to me. Saw what you did there. Thank you. Too subtle. For who? Exactly. You just never know how the worm will turn these days, friends, or what unique diversion will be created from the clearly chaotic and divisive elements out there. Well, I'd say the worm turns like this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, this is just how I like it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. More. Yeah, yeah. More. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, along the same lines, we have some more fun and frivolity from down there, in that area, down there. (laughs) Starting with this not surprising factoid from the Sun Sham State. Uh, They've been nicknamed lately the Cradle of the Insurrection. (laughs) Because, as we know, uh, many rioters uh, from Florida were heavily outfitted for combat and uh, intended to uh, disrupt, to say the least, the uh, peaceful transfer of power. Yep, bald guys with beards dressed in camo. Well, as we know, all the best-dressed insurrectionists are, Mr. Keynes. Florida is, of course, home to more than one-third of the Proud Boys and Oath Keepers, charged for their involvement in the January 6th uh, riot. And geographically speaking, most of Florida rests just over a thousand miles from the capital. Yeah, Florida's a popular destination now for would-be insurrectionists and aspiring fascists from all over. Why, just ask their governor. Well, then it should be no surprise that uh, Florida has recently acquired yet another award of distinction— In addition to endeavoring to rid the libraries of all of those pesky books that clutter the shelves, they now have the supreme honor of being the number one state in the U.S. with the highest number of arrests for January 6th rioters. It's got to be a badge of honor for these towheads. Seemingly so. Although, you know, I think um, as the sentences have gotten more severe (laughs) in many of these cases, uh, some may return to the rocks they were hiding under previously. Run away! Run away! Uh, And and of those arrested, the uh, high-profile members of right-wing extremist movements include our buddy Enrique Tarrio, the former chairman of the Proud Boys, and uh, Jonathan Pollack, a violent instigator during the riot, who, uh, by the way, is currently a federal fugitive. Yeah, how's that proud talk working for you now? Dateline! Spring Hill! And now, another tale from the rudimentary lawn police, friends. This one involves a dispute over some (laughs) wayward grass clippings that ended with one angry Florida homeowner going to jail. As you do. Well, certainly as this guy does. 
The uh, Hernando County Sheriff's Office uh, arrested 48-year-old Anthony Sabella on charges of aggravated assault and possession of a firearm by a convicted felon. The arrest stems from a confrontation on April 3rd in Spring Hill. Detectives said that Sabella called the owner of a lawn care business to say that the workers left grass clippings on his walkway. The business owner told investigators as he went to clean up the clippings, Sabella came out of his house and threatened to shoot him. That promoted the business owner to leave the neighborhood. According to the sheriff's office, Sabella went after the business owner and while at a stop sign in the subdivision, deputies said Sabella flashed a gun and yelled racial slurs at the business owner and fellow employee. The victim said Sabella again threatened to kill them. Deputies responded to the area but were unable to find Sabella for questioning. Major case detectives followed up on the investigation and got a warrant for Sabella's arrest. (laughs) Detectives arrested Sabella as he left his home. Investigators found a pellet gun under his sofa. Hey, he's just a tidy guy. What can I say? Dateline, Daytona Beach. So we have a sad tale here of closeted fears, friends. It it, it would appear a uh, Florida man and his girlfriend had to dial 911 to be rescued because they were, quote, trapped in a closet for two days. Two days? Yes, sir. John Arwood and Amber Campbell told police that someone had chased them into the closet at Daytona State College's Marine and Environmental Science Center. Once they were inside the janitor's closet, they couldn't get out. But it wasn't until Tuesday that Arwood decided to call 911. Wait, what? They, wait, they waited two days to call for Yeah, him? it gets even better. When Daytona Beach police arrived, they discovered that the door to the closet the two hapless, quote, prisoners were allegedly trapped behind did not, in fact, lock. (laughs) Cops found human feces and copper scouring pads often used to smoke crack in the aforementioned closet. Luckily for them, police didn't find any actual drugs. Sure, they smoked it all up. Arwood and Campbell were both charged with trespassing. Campbell was also charged with violating her probation. In 2013, she was arrested after escaping a mental health treatment facility. When she was finally apprehended, she fooled police so that she could slip out of her handcuffs and run into the woods. Armwood had uh, also been to jail five times since 2000. His offenses range from armed burglary, possession of more than 20 grams of marijuana, and fleeing law enforcement. And a fear of unlocked closets. These friends are but a few of the reasons that, with sincerity and an undying quest for the answer, that we ask, nay, implore the time-encrusted question. What the fuck, Florida? (laughs) 
And with that, friends, we'll call it a show. But not before thanking our contributor to this edition of Fusebox, Sam A. Mowry, for exquisite ID pronunciations. Thanks as well to the a priori pundit of the parametric, Milt Keynes, for technical assistance and so forth and so on. Pleasure as always, and uh, folks, you know the drill. You can help us out on this here audio program if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash the Fusebox Show and sign up to become a supporting member. And you'll get free swag just for doing so. You'll get exclusive content and uh, early access to shows and all sorts of things that are highly classified and probably illegal. And you can help us out for less than it costs you a month for those horrible cocktail onions you like. And you can help us out for a whole year. That's patreon.com forward slash The Fusebox Show. Thanks as well to our friends at Grindhouse Resurrection Magazine for their continued goodwill. And another jam-packed issue is coming from them very soon as well. You can find out all about that at the link in the show description. And uh, thanks as well to you for pushing play on this one, friends. With all those other barking and yelping entertainment-oids vying for your attention, we do so appreciate you spending your time with us. I have been your cosplaying as myself host, Mark Rose, saying, until our next cartoon. Phew.